Good morning. Welcome to the services today from the First Baptist Church of Stillwater, Oklahoma. My name is Tim Walker and I'm the pastor here. We're glad that you are joining us uh, and uh, watching by uh, Facebook this morning. Uh, let me share just a few things and then we'll do a time of prayer and then we'll look at God's Word today. Uh, I can tell you that uh, we are uh, working on plans to reopen the church. Uh, there'll be a lot of details to uh, set out and to be aware of. Uh, to reopen the church uh, here in the next few weeks means we will still be under social distancing guidelines. And so that will involve such things as uh, not sitting uh, in every pew, but every other pew. Uh, we'll need to continue to wear a mask. Uh, there are other things that we will take into account. Uh, possibly even uh, when we walk in and sit down, we may leave the building in a different door than we came in. Uh, so just a number of things to consider and work through. Uh, we'll probably start without Sunday school classes, just doing the worship services. And so we'll be working on this and getting the approval of the church council and then getting communication sent out to all the church family. So do stay in touch. You continue to look at our Facebook page or our website for uh, information as we get closer to this. Uh, some anniversaries that, are, that have come up this last week, I'll uh, mention this morning, Leon and Sharon Boyer celebrated a wedding anniversary. And I understand that uh, also Charles and Kathy Talaferro celebrated uh, wedding anniversary this week, so we say congratulations to them. As we think about prayer requests today, uh, you may have received a uh, note from Larry McCroskey uh, explaining that Joyce has had a remission, excuse me, a reoccurrence of her cancer, and we want to be praying for her. Uh, Leon Boyer had some surgery done on his foot this last week, and he came home the same day, and we pray that he'll recover quickly from that. In the state of Oklahoma, coronavirus cases continue to rise, and there were two deaths here recently reported. So we want to pray for those who have been affected by the disease, those who are in treatment right now in the hospital, uh, those who have recovered. We want to pray especially for the family of those who have lost loved ones. Uh, we pray for our nation today as we see around the country protest. Uh, and it has been wrong to see the treatment of people of color at the hands of the police in many different cities across our nation. Uh, and I know that the intent of the protesters is to draw attention uh, to this problem and racism in our society. But at the same time, in the uh, evenings of the protests, there have been looting, there's been a loss of life, there's been uh, businesses uh, destroyed, property destroyed. So there's been much uh, going on in these days. And we want to pray for our nation as a whole. We understand as Christians that the Lord watches over all of history and the Lord watches over the nations of the world and that the Lord is watching over our country. And we want to pray today that the Lord will bring a spirit of revival to our nation that the Lord will help us to live together as people in this society. And uh, would you just bow your heads with me right now as we go before the Lord in prayer. Almighty Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Sunday, this opportunity to worship you. Thank you for the fellowship that we share in Jesus Christ, even though we are not gathered in the church, we are worshiping together by your Spirit. 
And Lord, we pray for Joyce McCroskey. We ask that you will be with her and heal her. We pray for Leon Boyer for his recovery from surgery. We pray for others that have had surgeries and are recovering. Lord, we pray for our nation right now. We pray for the loss of life. We pray for uh, what is going on in our country. And Lord, we ask that you will see from heaven and heal our land. Lord, thank you for all the blessings you bring to us in every day. Help us to be thankful people. Help us to turn to you and depend upon you. And Father, in this day, guide our thoughts as we seek to open your word together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This morning, I'd like for you to look with me at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and in this passage, we are continuing from the study that we've been doing in which we looked at all the uh, post-resurrection appearances of Jesus Christ leading up to uh, the events of the day of Pentecost, and we looked at some of that last week. We're going to look at more of that this morning. So if you have your Bibles open, we will be at Acts chapter 2, and look with me at verse 14. This is a verse that caught my attention and the one that I want to spend some time on with you this morning. And it says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Now, there's not a Christian group in the world that is unfamiliar with Acts chapter 2. All Christian groups read this and believe that on the day of Pentecost, the church came into existence, that extraordinary things happened that day, that the Holy Spirit came, that Peter preached a powerful sermon. And in response to that sermon, out of that crowd that had gathered to see what was going on, when they heard the sound of the mighty rushing wind, and they came and heard the disciples telling of the glories of God, the wonders of God, and the languages of their native countries, they wanted to know what was happening. Peter preaches his message. They are convicted by what Peter tells them. And they say, what must we do? And he says, repent and be baptized and you will be saved. And it says that that day, 3,000 people uh, gave their hearts to Christ, were baptized that very day. Uh, so this is a passage that we know about, that we've read, that we have been familiar with. Whatever church background you have, you know of Acts chapter 2. But I'd like for us to take a moment and think about what is happening here with Peter. Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter who stood up with the eleven, who raised his voice and addressed the crowd. We know that Peter was one of the first disciples called by Jesus to follow him. We know that before he said yes to Jesus' invitation that Peter was a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. Now Peter was a Jew of that era. He was probably faithful uh, as much as he uh, wanted to be in synagogue worship and going to the temple for the special festivals. Uh, but Peter was an unschooled. Uh, man. Uh, he was no a rabbi. He did not have the advantages of training and education that some would have had in those days. And so to look at Peter from the outside, you would say, well, here is a rather ordinary, unremarkable man. 
Yet Jesus saw in Peter someone that God could and would use. And we remember reading about how Jesus spent the night in prayer before He called the twelve apostles. And so He spent deliberate time in naming them as apostles and He had called them and invited them to follow Him. These were not men of great influence. They were not scholars. They were not intellectuals. They were not politicians. They were not movers and shakers in their society. They were ordinary ordinary men of those days. And so Peter starts to follow Jesus. Now, as Peter follows Jesus, he learns to spend time with Jesus in the next three years. And Peter sees some amazing things. He sees Jesus perform miracles. The feeding of the 5,000, which we know was more than just 5,000, because they only counted the men. And when you include wives, when you include perhaps sons and daughters, maybe even uh, other family members, uh, Jesus could have easily fed, we know on more than one occasion, anywhere from fifteen to 20,000 people. Jesus performed this miracle. Peter saw it. Peter saw many other things. He saw Jesus in response to a request from a Roman official, a Roman centurion, that Jesus come and heal his servant. And Peter got to see how Jesus healed that servant even from a distance. And Jesus saw Peter respond and grow. Peter became a part of what we usually refer to as the inner three, the three that were closest to Jesus. Peter, John, and James, the uh, two sons of Zebedee. And we read how they uh, spent time with Jesus in a special way, maybe received even more instruction than the others. In Peter's time with Jesus, he saw Jesus perform many miracles, healing the lepers, opening the eyes of those who are blind, uh, declaring that the lame, those who couldn't walk, could take up their, their mat and walk home. And these people did. Peter saw Jesus raise the daughter of a synagogue official back to life. So Peter saw these things happen. He spent time with Jesus. He learned about prayer from Jesus. He learned much about who Jesus had come to be and what his mission was to the people of Israel and ultimately what his mission would be to the people of the world. Peter was the one that in Matthew 16 confesses who Jesus is and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you because flesh and blood hadn't revealed this to you, but the Spirit has. Peter was with Jesus when Jesus came into Jerusalem at the beginning of Holy Week, the triumphal entry. And Peter was with Jesus at the Last Supper. And when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter fled with the others but then followed Jesus to the courtyard of the high priest where Peter finds himself caught in a situation where he fears his identity as a follower of Jesus is about to be given away. And so he denies that he knows Jesus, that he knows anything about Him. And he does this not once but three times. 
And one of the Gospels writers say that as Jesus was being brought forth, the rooster crowed again and he overheard Peter denying that he knew him. Peter leaves that moment as a broken man. But then Peter receives meetings with Jesus. On that first Easter, that first resurrection morning, sometime in that day, Luke tells us, Peter had a meeting with Jesus. And then Jesus appears to all the disciples that evening. And then a week later, he appears again in the same room and Thomas is there. And all these things that happen, Peter is a part of that. He's learned from Jesus. He has seen what Jesus can do. And then on the day of Pentecost, as Peter and the others have been in the upper room, they've been praying They've been waiting, following the commands of Jesus. The Holy Spirit descends. And Peter, like the others, is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we see Peter stand up. Peter, who had been an uneducated, untrained man, is now able to stand up with the eleven. And then he raises his voice. I think what this is, is Peter stepping up to the moment. Peter is going to step out and do what God has prepared him for, what Jesus has uh, taught him to be ready for. And Peter becomes the spokesperson of the early church in that day. He says, I'm going to tell you all who've come together what this means, what you're hearing today. Peter stepped up and he took that moment and he stepped out into history, and he becomes Peter, the follower of Jesus Christ. Not just Peter the fisherman, not just Peter the one who always opened his mouth, it seems like before he thought, but he becomes somebody for the ages. And I don't think Peter was saying, I'm going to do this for history, but Peter stepped up for the moment. And you know, as you study the life of Peter, it doesn't really stop there. He continues to grow. We see in Acts chapter 3, as Peter and John are going up the temple to pray that a beggar asks them for alms. And Peter turns to this man. He says, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have I will give to you. I say in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man stood up. And he walked into the temple with Peter and John, rejoicing that his legs were strong and that he could walk once more. And then in Acts chapter 4, the Sanhedrin brings in Peter and John to basically try to stop them preaching and teaching and talking about Jesus and doing miracles such as this. And it's interesting how in that chapter that there's a verse that says the Sanhedrin that they took note of the fact that Peter and John were uneducated men, but yet they had been with Jesus. And Peter and John very bravely say to this assembled body of Jewish leaders, you tell us to be quiet, but we say, judge for yourselves whether it's better to obey God or not. But as for us, we cannot stop talking about what we have seen. Peter continues to grow. We read about him later in Acts chapter 10 whenever Cornelius the centurion 
has an angel visit him, and the angel gives him instructions to send men to Joppa, to the home of Simon the Tanner, to ask for Peter and to bring him back to talk to you. And then we read how Peter has the vision of the sheet let down from heaven filled with all kinds of unclean animals and a voice says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, No, I've never eaten anything unclean. And then the voice says, Don't call unclean what God has called clean. Happens three times. And then there's a knock at the door as Peter is wondering what this could mean. And there's the men from Cornelius And the very next day, Peter and others go to Cornelius' house. They explain what belief in Jesus means and what they've experienced. And that chapter tells us that even as they are talking about the power of Jesus to change lives, that the Holy Spirit falls on Cornelius and all his household, which would mean his servants, his attendants, his attaches, if you would, as he's a centurion, his children, who are very likely even grown children, all of Cornelius' household receives the coming of the Holy Spirit just as the Jews had experienced on Pentecost. And Peter says, hey, God has done this. I cannot argue against it. And he ends up back at the Jerusalem church uh, saying to them, this is of God. The Gentiles are going to believe in Jesus just as we have. And the rest of the church says, this is God's will. This is the direction we are going to take. The gospel is open for all the world. And you know, in those days, the Jews saw themselves as God's chosen people, the receivers of God's law, God's blessings, God's instructions. And the rest of the world that didn't know this was considered Gentile. This was not a matter of color. This was a matter of your background, of your inheritance, as it were, whether you're a Jew by what you've been taught, where you've grown up. And so when the church said that evidently all Gentiles can be saved, then it didn't matter what color that Gentile was, what country that Gentile came from, what language that Gentile spoke, they understood that all the world could receive Jesus and believe in Him. Now, there's some things I want you to think about with me this morning, considering what we see happening in Peter on the day of Pentecost. Nothing is more important and necessary than walking with Jesus. That's what Peter had learned. That's what I think we need to remember today that to depend upon Jesus and trust Him, to learn from Him, to seek to be like Him, nothing is more important in these days. You know, these days are testing us. Will we look to the Lord? Will we despair? Will we see God still on His throne, still in control of the nations? These are days in which we need to learn from Peter's example, that nothing is more important, more necessary than walking with Jesus. We need to also decide how we ourselves will live our days. Peter, in this moment, he stepped up, he preached, he did what was at hand. He did what he knew to do in that moment. You know, we're not probably going to be called upon to preach a sermon 
like Peter was called upon. But we all have moments in which we can live our faith, whether that's saying something instructive, helpful, life-changing to our children, to our family, to our friends, to show what we know of Jesus and His love to others, to pray for opportunities that we might have to really be God's person with our friends, with those we teach, with those maybe we don't know yet, but those we're going to meet. We need to decide how we will live our days. And these are always days of opportunity and days in which a witness for Jesus Christ is important and necessary. And then the third thing we need to learn from Peter's example is this. We should continue to grow. You know, Peter, the church at Jerusalem, they were spending some years here thinking that the gospel is going to be for Jews and they're going to stay at Jerusalem. And it really wasn't until this experience with Cornelius started to move them out from Jerusalem. And then other events occurred that moved them further away. Peter's thinking was changed, and he said to the church that God was showing how Jesus is Messiah of all. You know, we need to, as Christians in these days, continue to grow. We need to learn from the days that we are in. We need to learn from the things that we're experiencing to see where God is at work, to hear what others are experiencing and to see that God may be wanting to change our thoughts and our thinking. Years ago, I read this in seminary from a German theologian, Helmut Thielek, and he simply said, Tell me how much you know of the sufferings of your fellow man, and I will tell you how much you have loved them. Is that not really the challenge for us today? to know our fellow men well enough to know what they're suffering and what they face. Friends, remember these are days of opportunity, always days to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. And these are days to pray, to pray asking God to do a great work in this world. These are days that we need to pray and say, Lord, use our churches because the church and the message of Jesus is needed in this hour in the United States of America. I encourage you, I ask you, to be a person of prayer, walk with Jesus, to decide afresh how you will live each day and the opportunities that come to you specifically and continue to grow. Continue to let your mind be transformed, renewed by Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me right now? Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for what we see in the gospel and what we see in the book of Acts from what Jesus did in the lives of individuals like Peter. Father, help us to learn from the example of Peter. Help us to be your people, walking with you, growing in you in these days. Father, guide our thoughts in this week. You direct our paths to where you want us to be. You open our eyes to what you want us to see. You fill our heart to overflowing with love for all of those that Jesus loved. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we do ask. Amen.
Thank you for joining us this day. Look forward to being with us again next Sunday on Facebook. And may the Lord bless you richly in this week to come. Thank you.